things get messy for Watford as Salah is the new Leah now. It's a 90th edition of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Okay, welcome back, everybody. It's indeed our 90th episode as we're creeping towards 100. Coming off the mini game week, heading into the treacherous international break with double game weeks to prepare for. And who better to join us than our guest for the week, Peter Blake. Good evening. Great to have you back uh, on the pod, Pete. We'll come to you in a second. But also, I should probably mention my co-host and the editor-in-chief of the podcast, The Iceman. Welcome back, sir. Oh, thanks for welcoming me back, Pete. Welcome back to yourself, too. And welcome back to the podcast, Pete, as well. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me back. Lovely. So, Iceman, high-scoring game week for everybody in uh, in FPL. Lots of points if you're Captain Salah. Probably the average higher than we would have expected for those four games. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was very high scoring. It was a bit of a surprise, really, wasn't it? <clears throat> I thought it was all about having Salah and whether you captained him. If you took a couple of punts this week in terms of taking a couple of minuses, I, I think they were very warranted because I took a minus eight in the end because I got three players. I brought in Wilson, Mooney and Zaha, all of them blanked, so that was great. But it turned out I actually only lost minus four in the end, so it wasn't too bad. I scored 95 overall, but with a minus... um I might say it brought me down to 87. So yeah, it worked out. I only went down 500 places, down to 4,500k. So pretty decent game week for you. Um, I was actually going to do a little bit more introduction before I asked you to introduce your team, but that's fair enough. We've got that out of the way now. Um, I was going to ask Peter, the guest, how he's been getting on since the last time he was on the pod. Uh, treading water, to be honest with you. Not, uh, it's not been a great season. I'm about 150k at the moment. I've, I've made a few poor decisions this season, but... Generally speaking, I think I've just got my strategy a bit wrong. I think I've gone for budget defence most of the season, and uh, realistically, I probably probably should have put a bit more money into it, given the amount of clean sheets have been swilling about. But um, yeah, I've got a slight slight green an hour after last week. It was uh, the Salah captain covered covered a multitude of sins in my team, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the way up. I've still got all my chips left, so yeah, I'm. I, I, I think yeah, my uh, my targets for the season now have been revised. I think if I can break the top 50k, I think I'll be happy now. So some modest uh, modest targets and uh, clearly yeah. moving up this week. So that's decent. Okay, so uh, if I tell you guys how my team got on as well for the game week, so I was actually pretty happy. Uh, only took a minus four hit this game week. Things went okay, though. I didn't do quite as well. Probably similar to the Iceman. So I got 93 with a, a minus four hit. Big performance for me was Robertson, Salah, Iceman's first of Stanislas and Firmino as well. So happy with the game week. That actually jumped me up about 70,000 places, which shows how low I've been. So, yeah, quite happy with that. Um, let's have a look at the mini league then and see how you've all fared this game week. So in 10th place, we've got Jigeto, Georgie Bozhinov, changing their name confusingly. Thank you. Down to 10th place. Ninth place, I like this, Barkley up wrong tree, Marco De Benedictis. Eighth place, Team USA, Andrew Redmond. Seventh, Alex Costa moving up. Two girls, one schlup, Andrew Ferguson up to sixth. Cruise control, Stevie Sunshine in fifth. Joe Stone in fourth, David Isaac, our guest for a few weeks ago, Gangsters Allardyce in third, Lana Land, Demir Tanay in second, and top Luke, Kyle Walker's dad, Rizwan Chowdhury, still doing a great job up the top there, one ahead now of Demir. 
I'm still loving this rivalry between the Costa family. Alex has now gone above him into seventh. Uh, yep. Tiago's just dipped down to twelfth now. So the rivalry and the banter must be top draw. I mean, Alex scored 113 this week. I think how old is he again? I think he's like 12 or something. It's, uh, it's really top stuff. He play, played his free hit this week. It shows that the free hit as well can be very beneficial to use around the blank game weeks. Definitely, yeah. he's doing a great job down there, um, far surpassing us at this point in time. So very, very impressive work from them. Um, okay, so a couple of a uh, couple of bits of business to pick up on before we get into the fixtures. Uh, we had a competition, so the Iceman tweeted at the end of the uh, the last podcast. We asked if we got fifty retweets, we would be giving away one of our pr- prized and treasured placemats. We actually got 75, so thank you for that, everyone. Went into a draw, and the winner of that was Captain Kingpin, Simon Gardner. For those of you regularly listening to the pod, you'll know he won a fancy football surgery mug last season. He's now got a placemat heading his way, so his uh, work desk, kitchen table, wherever he's keeping all this stuff, is starting to look decidedly surgery. Yes, he's starting up a bit of a surgery memorabilia there. I have actually sent it off to him today, so that's going to New Zealand. Should be off there today. I've also sent off... FPL Mediocrity's coaster as well, so he should receive that soon. And Tom Campbell, for his amount of appearances on the podcast as a guest, is also receiving a coaster. So we're just throwing them out like willy-nilly at the moment. People are loving those coasters. They are very, very strong coasters. So um, more competitions to come. Keep an eye out on our Twitter page, at FF Surgery, uh, and get involved in the competitions for a chance to win. So let's get on to talking about football and uh, obviously we've now got the international break which means whatever we decide to talk about in this pod we've got to worry a little bit about people getting injured having that said we don't like to worry too much I suppose the big topic at the moment floating around in the FPL community is what is the best week to wild card now Iceman do you want to lead us off on this because I know you've got some thoughts well I just I kind of want to hear Pete's thoughts first really well, what was your decision regarding wild card in game week 32 or game week 33 Pete so I mean it really depends on the structure of your team I suppose but I mean I've wild carded now for game week 32 and I did that as soon as humanly possible after the deadline passed as well because yeah. um, there was an awful lot of players in my team I didn't want anymore but I think I mean so in, in all seriousness around it I, I was, I'd identified certain teams and certain slots within my team which I which I, which I wanted um, to, to navigate through the final few weeks of the season and it's very much planning for the rest of the season those final final few weeks and there were certain names that kept cropping up who I, who I wanted uh, who were are going to be rising in price and I had a few other players on my team who were going to be dropping in price as well yeah. so it made sense for me right now to to wildcard because if I'd gone into game week 32 with uh, the team I had in game week 31 I don't think it would have been up to much really there was you know double Huddersfield attack in there for example and that's that's really not going to do anybody any favours this stage of the season so it, it, it was always a plan to wildcard uh, immediately after that, and just purely because I was bringing in a lot of players. So you kind of you know, for game week thirty-one. You're kind of getting rid of your dead wood, really. Uh, is uh, one of the pros of wildcard game week thirty-two. I th- yeah, I mean that's that, that that is definitely true. But admittedly, there was dead wood in there almost. <laughs> I don't want to say by design because nobody des- nobody's designed to have dead wood in there. But because <laughs> yeah. it was because it was always the intention to wildcard at game week thirty-two, I wasn't really concerned of anything past game week 31 so looking at the fixtures in 32 
and looking at the price rises, knowing what I needed to do. And to be fair, I already had a plan as well. It wasn't like I pressed wildcard and then think, right, what do I do now? I, I, I knew what I wanted to do with it, roughly. I mean, within a sort of semi-loose structure. So it didn't really make sense to wait, to be honest with you. So I've just... Um, I've just gone ahead and done it now, yeah, see, and I'm delighted about it as well. Anyway. Absolutely thrilled. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> see, see, I, I mean, it was with me. I, I was always planning to to wildcard in Game Week 32, but then I looked at it last week and I thought, if I just make these free transfers, which I can do with keeping next week, they've all got pretty good fixtures, and uh, Zaha can play against anyone who seems to be just Palace's man at the moment. So I was thinking, well, I could probably play all these players and then just make one sub next week, one transfer next week, put a punt on it and then I can wildcard in Game Week 33. There are a few pros and cons for doing each of them and I just thought that you know I'm going to have more time I can probably see all the players that you need to to get and I'll know a bit more information about the double game weeks because they haven't officially been announced yet you know the the risk of injuries over the international break will be kind of known because um, if you go into game week 32 some managers don't actually let you know if someone's got a knock going into a game and they might not play and you might bring them in on your wild card Um, and also I can kind of load up on the Spurs uh, trip to Stoke and Chelsea who are hosting West Ham whereas they're actually playing each other in game week 32 so and also you get to kind of check out what other people have done as well so you can kind of look at those massive differentials to bring in and whether they're key to actually boosting you up the league and also kind of finding more information about the double golden boot holder Kane who could be due back I mean like by that point it's like we've got about three weeks if I wildcard in game week 33 and I'm sure that we'll probably know more information regarding him I mean there are some some negatives about wildcard in game week 33 though I mean like you do miss out on the price rises what other cons do you reckon there is about uh wildcarding game week 33 well actually i think one of the pros um which you sort of just touched on briefly there was i mean i'm wildcarding in game week 32 uh and i've got I'm, I'm in theory i'm planning for the rest of the season and i'm planning also for the game week 37 now you're right i don't necessarily know exactly when the doubles are going to fall we, we know that there will be some teams that do have doubles uh, and some weeks, some teams that have two doubles as well. We don't necessarily know when they're going to fall because if it happens that they have, you know, one team falls with a triple, then we're going to have to rethink this a little bit. But yeah, you know, that that's going to be coming up in the next few days anyway. It'll certainly be before game week thirty-two deadline, so I don't think that's an issue. What does concern me though is looking ahead to game week thirty-seven and thinking, who do I want in? there there's still five game weeks away i mean a hell of a lot can change in that time you know as injuries can be picked up players can drop out of form so quickly as well so holding off for another week actually to 33 uh, uh does make a bit of sense just because it gives that a little bit more time and there's just slightly fewer things that can go wrong as well um and like you say the like i said the information players like Harry Kane coming back, you know, you know when, when he's gonna be like how how serious is that injury do we you know do we even know just yet the, the longer you can hold on to your wildcard, I think it's probably a good thing in some senses, but in other senses, you don't necessarily just want to hold on to a team where you could go and get a better one, I suppose. Yeah. And that's, like, that's kind of what I was looking at. Like you mentioned, it is kind of, you're getting rid of your deadwood, like Walcott and maybe Bauer, who surprisingly got mm. benched and after 
starting like nine games. But also you get yeah. to roll a transfer over, so you end up with two transfers for game week 34, whereas you don't if you wildcard in game week 33. So that's a negative about wildcard in game week 33. I suppose whoever's listened to this at the moment have already opted whether they're going to wildcard or not, but I suppose there's going to be some people that have held their wildcard and kind of thinking about it and whether to go for uh, game week 32. So I'm just kind of listing the benefits, cons, pros and cons. I mean, like if you, if you do wildcard in game week 32, you've got that Spurs and Chelsea fixture. So you're more or less bringing in players to play against each other. So it's kind of a negative. Um, also the double game week fixtures are delayed. You've got that Liverpool versus Palace, so people will be removing their Liverpool players, and I'm not sure whether that's a good idea with their form at the moment. Also, Huddersfield's kind of got a semi-decent fixture against Newcastle, and Bournemouth have got a pretty good fixture as well. So there's pros and cons for going each way. It's really dependent on your team, though, isn't it? I mean, that's that's the definitive answer for this. It really does depend what team you have and the chips you have left. I mean, also, another question is, uh, does your wildcard team look better than your current Game Week 32 team. And to me, I'm not sure if my wildcard team does. I've, I've put a draft together, and then I've looked at my Game Week 32 team as it stands with just, say, an extra player. I'm thinking, well, I don't think there's going to be a major points difference there. I mean, I may take a hit this week just to bring in the likes of Aubameyang and to remove Wilcott. But I don't know if there's going to be a massive difference in terms of points. So that is another another factor in terms of what you're going to do in terms of wildcarding. Though. I think ultimately what it really comes down to is just just have a plan. You know, look look at the remaining fixtures, navigate your way through, see what chips you've got, and come up with a plan and stick with it. I think if if you start trying to second guess yourself or start seeing what other people are doing a bit too much and you know panicking into decisions, you're going to get yourself in a right mess. Just get get some get something. In it. There's no right way of doing this and there's no wrong way of doing it well actually, that's not true there's definitely a wrong way of doing it but yeah. there's there's more there's more than one right way of doing it so like i say pick, pick yourself a plan a strategy and go with that and and stay i suppose stay true to that as much as you can because that will stop you making mistakes in my opinion yeah Okay, so some good answers there, chaps. So the next, que- there's a couple of questions that are fairly similar here. So Michael Philanders asked, can you talk about the must-have players in each position we need to bring in? But there was also another question from Paul Talbot. If you could pick your best 11 today that has to last the full season, who would it be? So that would obviously incorporate those best players. So Pete, if I come to you first, who would be, roughly, who would be in a best 11 for you for the rest of the season? Okay. So I suppose what, what's your current wildcard? Are we talking about like pure card? fantasy football? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I could, I could talk about the current wildcard. That's fine. Yeah, be- um, yeah. So, but obviously it's, it, that's obviously dependent on budgets and uh, who you can get in. Because I mean, this isn't sort of in pure fantasy football terms. You know, the, the goalkeeper I'd want would be David De Gea, uh, yeah. almost certainly, because they're in that sort of, you know, tier one list of teams who've got two two double game weeks and you've got a free hit if if you've got free hit chip to cover the blanking game week thirty five, you know, De Gea looks absolutely assured. But I haven't got him in, uh, purely because I he's a very expensive goalkeeper and if you're going into game week thirty four, you need two starting goalkeepers if you're gonna play a bench boost then, which is what I'm gonna be doing. So suddenly you've got a five point nine million pound goalkeeper and then a four point six million pound goalkeeper. In my case it's Fabianski. And that's suddenly an awful lot of money. 
to have tied up on your bench in a goalkeeper in Fabianski who's only been playing him for one more game week because you're not going to drop the hair, are you? So you, you kind of, my, my view then was I'm going to try and get in a slightly cheaper one and make sure they're rotated, uh, make sure they're rotating and then I can free up that extra 0.9 million pounds or million pounds, whatever it is, um, to reinvest in the rest of the team. So that's that 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 was my thinking. I'd say De Gea is probably the goalkeeper who, in absolute ideal world terms, that'd be the one you bring in. But you've kind of got to be clever a little bit about how your money's distributed. And yeah, you know, if you can pick up a Man United defender a bit cheaper, e.g., Chris Smallin, who's you know 0.5 million cheaper than De Gea, it's probably better. Yeah, it's arguably better to reinvest that money then, especially if Phil Jones is still out. Um, the, the, only question, the only question there is that there might be rotation in that Man United defence. And I suppose when you're talking about teams, you, yep. you're looking at Man United as a team there, aren't you? Because uh, they're one of the teams which have got double game week, uh, two double game weeks, have they? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the other, the other, let's list the other teams. So before we actually answer the question of what your wildcard is and how that's going and how you're structuring it, if we just list the teams which do have two double game weeks, so it's uh, Chelsea, Spurs, Southampton, Leicester, Brighton, and United. Is it? Yeah, that's right. Is that right? Yeah. So all those teams, kind of, you you want to kind of load up on that, but it does depend on if you've got a free hit for game week 35 because you don't want to be without loads of game week 35 players you want to load up on those teams initially don't you that's kind of where you want to base your transfers around and then obviously if you haven't got your free hit there are the teams which are playing in 35 are Arsenal, Burnley, Man City, Newcastle, Swansea and West Ham so um, it really does depend on how your team's based and, and what, whether you've got the free hit or not to use that or how you're actually going to structure it all together so with with your going back to your wildcard team, where where are you moving from now? So you you, you talked about David de Gea and United and kind of either going for for him or defender. Where are you at with that then? Are you on Smalling or is it? Yeah, so I've, I've stuck with so the goalkeepers I've got um, are Fabianski because I've had him all season and I, yeah, I just I kind, of, I kind of like him. And going back to those you know, tier one teams, you know, um, yeah, I've got the free hit. And I've also I'm going to be playing a bench boost in 34 as well. So I need two good goalkeepers in, in that area. Uh, and I want somebody who can rotate reasonably well with Swansea as well. So I, I know he's not he's not the best goalkeeper in the league and he's probably not on great... He's, he's not brilliant at form either at the moment. But I've gone for cash with Schmeichel because he's um, 5 million. He yeah, um, two double game weeks as well. Yeah, he, do, he does have two double game weeks. So I can mitigate the blank in 35 quite easily. And it... In terms of value, it seemed, it seemed to not be a terrible idea. I was looking, I can't, can't really stretch to get to Courtois or De Gea or uh, Hugo Lloris. Matt Ryan's potentially an option, but there was a reason why I didn't go for him. And that was probably due to their fixtures I think, aren't great. Yeah, I mean the game week thirty-four. You know, it's all, all well and good saying, "Oh, Brighton have got two double game, yeah, two double game weeks." But in those double game weeks, they're playing Man City. City, Man United, and Tottenham. So I don't really want a Brighton defender. You know, yeah, they, they, they've got two two fixtures need to be rescheduled, and that's Spurs at home and Man City away. So uh, yeah. although they've got a double two double game weeks, they're not necessarily getting any points from that. So I can understand why people go for Matt Ryan because he's just. Uh, what is he? Four point five. He's just a cheap keeper to choose from in that, those double game weeks. It's just you don't see many points from that, do you? I mean, like you can't see Spurs and Man City not scoring. So, yeah, yeah. I, I can see your point there, not going for him. Yeah, I mean, and I suppose the other thing about 
the other thing about Casper Schmeichel is I, I didn't I didn't necessarily need the two double game weeks there because Fabianski's got uh, in game week thirty seven he's got Bournemouth away. That's it's not ideal because I mean Bournemouth are not the worst attacking team in the league. I don't think but no means the best, but uh, they're not the worst attacking team. So. In theory, that second goalkeeper, I don't need to play in game week 37. So I don't necessarily need another double. I do need a double in game week 34. But, uh, you know, Nick Pope's an option at Burnley. He's got a double. But again, one of those is against Chelsea. So uh, I'm, I'm, we'll come to Chelsea in a while. But that's not necessarily an ideal scenario. You know, Petr Cech and Edison at Arsenal, Man City, can't necessarily afford them. But New- Newcastle have got Arsenal and Tottenham. So I don't really fancy their goalkeeper. West Ham, I don't want to go anywhere near at the moment. So I kind of got to cash with Michael, really, because I needed somebody I could afford. And just by process of elimination, he was the last man standing, really, uh, mm. along with um, uh, along with Fabianski. So, so I mean, in terms of goalkeepers, that's where I went. Yeah, no, I totally understand the rationale. I mean, like, just on my draft, I've kind of looked at Fabianski and De Gea, but as you mentioned, De Gea is a little bit costly, but I think that he probably is one of the best options to go for. If you look at Man United's double game week fixtures to be re-plugged in, whether it's 34 or 37, uh, they've got Bournemouth away and West Ham away, and they're two pretty good fixtures for a clean sheet there. So, I think if you don't have a... If I didn't have the bench boost, I'd definitely be going with David De Gea. But it's just it, it is that bench boost. I would need. I would want a double. I'd want two goalkeepers playing in game week thirty four, and there isn't really anybody cheaper than Fabianski you could you can go for there. And like I said earlier, but the problem is then you've got a four point six million pound goalkeeper who's going to be sitting on your bench for the rest of the season. Now, if you didn't have a bench boost, you could have gone with a four million goalkeeper who's not going to play. Doesn't matter. You start with De Gea every week, and you can reinvest that zero point six elsewhere in your squad. But yeah. Because I need 15, well, because I want 15 uh, players going out who've got double game weeks or as close to that as I can get, um, it, it didn't make sense to go with De Gea just because it ties up too much other money on your bench, really. Yeah, yeah. okay. Fair. Okay. Okay, so we've, got, we've covered goalkeepers pretty comprehensively there. And obviously, being in, pose- in uh, defensive possessions, you know, we might see some similar teams. But who, who are kind of the main defenders we're looking at for the rest of the season? I. Th- I mean, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I think I, I made a bit of a mistake this season by not going with a premium def- defenders or as many premium defenders as I maybe I should have done. There's an awful lot of clean sheets out there, considering the top six just seem to be so dominant uh, in terms of yeah. possession uh, in every game. Uh, I remember reading an article earlier in the season from, uh, I think it was Jonathan Wilson, who was saying that the, the number of games where one team has got 70% possession over another team has been remarkably higher this season than it has been in previous years. So when you're looking at teams like Man United, Tottenham, Arsenal, Man City, who have got double game weeks, Chelsea as well, double game weeks in game week 34 and also some in 37 as well. Realistically, any option, any starting option from those teams is is probably a good one at the moment. I think the one team I would say would probably be my favourite of all of those would definitely be Man United uh, defenders. Um, their fixture list apart from Man City away there isn't any other game there where I don't think they would keep a clean sheet they've got uh, Swansea West Brom West Ham uh, Brighton Bournemouth Watford they also have Arsenal at home thrown in there but I'm I'm reasonably confident they could lock that one down if they wanted to so that at that point you're looking at what Man United defended you to bring in now it does kind of depends on when Jones is back uh, and if he comes back this season but at the moment you know uh, Bailly and Chris Smalling look like they're the first choice ones there. Valencia is obviously an option as well. 
Left back position's a bit bit of a strange one. Ashley Young obviously isn't listed as a defender in the game. I don't I don't think anyone's gonna go near Luke Shaw at the moment after um, the no. campaign of campaign of bullying that's been going on there. But yeah. I think realistically if I could have any one of those in a dream scenario it'd probably be Valencia just because he gets forward a little bit more and has got you know, he's got a goal in him as well. But like I say, in my wild card I've gone with Smallin at the moment and I'm 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 keeping an eye on Jones's fitness to see whether that's still gonna be viable. Um, but yeah, a five point four. I think that's a good. I think that's good value for money. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I do think that you do probably need a Man United defender or keeper towards the end of the season. They have got good fixtures and two double game weeks. They're more or less a plum team to go for. And I do think it's their defence which you should be investing in. I mean, some people have looked at Arsenal and looking at their fixtures towards the end of the season. They're not bad. They've obviously got this double game week and they play in game week thirty five. Their double game week. Uh, fixture will be against Leicester whether that's in 34 or 37 we don't know yet but um, they've only got one kind of top tier team to play towards the end of the season and that's Man United in game week 36 so Arsenal are normally quite good towards the end of the season and they seem to hit a little bit of form I feel that they could be a team to invest in. And I do, I do feel like people should be looking at the likes of Monreal and Mustafi or even Czech. You, you well, can I just ask you on, um, just what impact do you think Europa League is going to have on that? Because now that's the most obvious way into the Champions League. Do you think that will affect selection at all? Yeah. I mean, like, if you're looking at, I was literally just about to say with, um, with Peter Czech, I think he's nailed for the rest of the season because Ospina looks like he's playing all of the Europa League. And I don't think that Wenger's going to change it up for the Europa League, whether we get to the final or not. Um, I think he's just going to stick with Ospina. So Czech looks nailed for the rest of the season, in my opinion. And he's only 5.3, only 4.4 selected. So he may be a good option going forward. It's, it's whether you invest, I suppose you've got the choice here whether to go for De Gea and an Arsenal defender or Czech and then a Man United defender. It's just the risk of who's going to play. I mean, like even the, there is risk with Monreal and Mustafi in terms of who's actually going to get the games of the Europa League coming into action. Obviously, if we go out of the Europa League, then yeah, they're, they're going to be more nailed. I think Guardiola made a point about Man City. He said that they can't take their foot off the, the pedal in the Premier League because they need to keep that form going for the European games. They need to stay sharp. And I think that's probably true of any team. Uh, and it'll certainly be true of Arsenal. I don't think they can just phone it in for the yeah, remaining eight games that they've got if they want to be competitive in Europe. Yeah, it's not like they just want to be able to preserve and go out and send out the kids and hope that uh, everything sorts itself out in Europe. They need to keep playing, I think, their best team. And you're right, I think their fixtures do look really good. Um, I, I personally have Monreal, brought him into my, my wildcard team as well for that very reason. The other thing as well is Arsenal do seem to perform a little bit better historically when the pressure's off them. Uh, that might be a bit of a stereotype, and maybe I'm playing into a narrative there a little bit. But you know, there isn't really any pressure on my, in the league anymore. You know, they, They're not fighting for anything anymore. So... You may find them with some decent fixtures. They have shown themselves to be a bit flat-track bullies this season as well. They've absolutely wiped the floor with uh, teams like Everton, who have come and just not really done anything. Crystal Palace are another one as well. So I, I quite, look, quite like the look of Arsenal. I've got two players in for this wild card. And arguably, you could probably go for three. I mean, there's still a, a bit of an atmosphere around the club at the moment. But you know, a few good results, and that will all turn around. Uh, and arguably, it's... Yeah, some evidence it might already be turning around as well, uh, especially if they go on a European run as well. But 
he ever gets that feel good factor up. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I think Arsenal are a decent shout. Yeah, no, defenders chats. I, I think we've kind of, kind of got maybe knuckled down on uh, the actual question which was asked here. We've gone through a few players, so mm. he's, he's just saying talk about the must-have players. So in goal, I've who who do you reckon the must-have in goal is? De Gea for me, I reckon. Yeah, so I'm, if I'm he, going go to afford Gea. him. Yeah, if De Gea, if you can afford him as well. Yeah. So, and what about defenders? Who would if if you're going for defence, who who do you need in your squad? Oh, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Um, it does differ think, to what decisions you make in defense, in your keeper as well, and then how much yeah, money you yeah, de- spread, definitely. spread around. I mean, because obviously United or Arsenal would be great options. So I think we can kind of leave this as a team-based thing. Really, it depends on what you're doing, uh, but I'll definitely get either United or Arsenal player in. I think we haven't really spoken about Chelsea either, but yeah, the Tottenham game's pretty tough for them. They've got. Liverpool. Liverpool at home as well but apart from that their fixtures are pretty decent I, I do have slight concerns about Chelsea in that uh, they don't really look particularly bothered at the moment I suppose Conte seems to be just look, almost looks, not a defeated man exactly but almost a belligerent man in places and there's players like um, Hazard who, who have the ability to turn it on at any moment but there's a lot of um, I guess no, nobody seems to be playing with a smile on their face is probably how I would describe that but from a defensive perspective you've got players like Alonso who basically plays as a, as a winger I know he's expensive and you know, I've, I've just taken him out of my team but again if you've got if you've got the money for him and you want to, and you want to go down, down that road there's definite points in there for him I reckon you know, West Ham at home is a, a great fixture Burn, you know, Burnley away potentially Southampton away Huddersfield at home Newcastle away, Swansea away. There's clean sheets in there for Chelsea, so yeah, they're definitely worth considering. They're, they're double game weeks to to be played at Burnley and Huddersfield as well. So yeah, we're almost going past them. But yeah, I do think that they're a great mm. option to bring in as well. I suppose if you're looking at the big hitters, it's the likes of Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, and Tottenham, who we, who we didn't mention as well as much. But their uh, fixtures to come are pretty tasty as well in terms of they've got Newcastle at home and Brighton away. So the only thing is their next three, uh, well, the next three are, are not that easy in terms of Chelsea, Stoke, and Man City. And then they've got the blanks. So I suppose looking at Tottenham more towards the end of the season, from game week 34 onwards, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Okay, so if, if we move it on to midfielders it's now. midfielders. Yeah, so we just want to kind of go for the obvious midfielder shouts. There's quite a few here, I think, really. It's likes of Mkhitaryan, William, Son, even. Mares is still a really good shout. What's your nailed-on midfielder? If we just answer, um, go back to the question again. Yeah, Mohamed Salah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 I don't care if he does. I don't care if he does have any doubles. You, you, you've got to have him in your side. And uh, after last week, you've got to captain him every week. I think at the moment as well. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think he's just nailed on. He can easily score massive double-digit haul each week. So yeah, definitely agree on yeah. that. Um, if we move straight up to strikers, then who's your nailed-on striker for the rest of the season at the moment? It's irritating. I, I would I would like it to be Harry Kane, but obviously he's injured at the moment. I think. The two the two premium options at the moment are probably Aubameyang at Arsenal and Lukaku at Man United. Both of them have good fixtures, in fact, very good fixtures. Mm-hmm. And Lukaku, I, I'm, I'd probably go with Lukaku. Oh, no, 
I don't think I would go with Lukaku. Actually, I think I'd probably go with Bamiang. Yeah, I'm, as, I'm going, I'm going uh, back as the main option. I'm going to definitely back him. Yeah. He's definitely these uh, one of these wildcard players, which I definitely want. I mean, I looked at uh, FF's uh, scout stats on this and the heat maps. It just clearly shows that he's been brought to the team just to score goals because he doesn't create any. I mean, he got yeah. 69 goals at Borussia Dortmund. They're all inside the box. So it just shows he's just a box player. And uh, Arsenal are just one of these teams which create a lot. And we've got two players which are very creative in terms of Mkhitaryan and Ozil. They're in the top 10 of expected assist table as well. So he should be benefiting more and more from this. I mean, he got, what's he on now? He's on like three goals and one assist in his last five. So he is strong. But the only thing is he averages 40 minutes per attempt at the moment. But he does sit third to only to Kane and Salah for his expected goal involvement. So it does show that he is getting involved in Arsenal's goals. And obviously, the more he plays with them, he's going to have that connection with Mkhitaryan, which he had at Borussia Dortmund. I think that he is the nailed-on player now for the rest of the season for me, yeah. Well, it's just um, just a word on Jamie Vardy. What do you think about him? Because we've talked about Schmeichel. We've talked about uh, the likes of Mares. Um Vardy's obviously including those fixtures in great form at the moment. He he is, but he's always going to be these one-goal-a-game type players, isn't he? And I, you can never see massive hauls from him. I mean, obviously, sometimes one goal a game is, is good enough, but I just see more value in other players around him, like like the likes of Aubameyang or Lukaku, or even Firmino still, who I do think that people should should hold on to. But, um, yeah, n- not really one which I like to invest in, as you know, for many seasons back. Okay. Right, well, let, let's move on from that question then. So... Darren Hanmer has asked us, we've sort of answered this, but uh, wildcard is active, lads. But what do I do with my Liverpool contingent? I think we get too caught up in the double game week frenzy. Surely uh, Salah's a season keeper. Looking at a front three of Firmino, Aubameyang and Lukaku for now. Thoughts? Yeah, OK. I mean, Firmino specifically, there's no reason why not, I don't think. Certainly uh, up to game week 34, he's got Crystal Palace, Everton and Bournemouth. Now, again, I think, you know, players like Aubameyang, I think, could probably outscore him in that time. I think Lukaku might be able to outscore him in that time as well. But you're talking about, if you look at someone like Morata, who's going to have to go to, you know, has to play Tottenham. Away at Burnley, Burnley are reasonably good defensively. You know, for the same kind of money, I think I'd rather have Firmino, even if he is only playing, if he's playing one game less than that. There are certain players, I think, who, again, Firmino at home to Bournemouth has potential to get a goal or two. And that's that probably mitigates the risk of having them playing only only one game, whereas other strikers are playing two. Because the whole idea of having a striker playing two games is that he's got two chances to score a goal. But it's it's un, it's not unlikely that somebody's going to score in both games. But I think I'd rather have a banker like Firmino at home to Bournemouth than a punt for a similar you know, similar money. So let's say, I know Gabriel Jesus, for example, can't remember what his price is at the moment, somewhere between 10 and 11 million. But he's got to go away to Tottenham in that time. And he's also got a home game against Man City. So yeah, he might, he may well, he may well get a goal in there. In fact, yeah, Man City have potential to score several goals in those games. But considering their goals are distributed throughout the team, I think in a straight fight between him and uh, Firmino, I'll probably go Firmino again then. So. Yeah, it's, if you've got Firmino and you don't have a wild card, or he said he did have a wild card, didn't he? Actually, but yeah, well, he, 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 yeah. Either, either way, I think Firmino's probably worth holding on to if you, if you if you really want to keep him, and if your 
team structure allows you to keep him, then yeah, do so. Yeah, I think with with Liverpool, the way they are attacking at the moment, they've got decent fixtures all the way to the end of the season other than Chelsea. I think that people looking at removing Liverpool players, I think they should really think about it because their attacking stats at the moment are still out of this world and they almost look better than... Well, they're on par with City at the moment for me in terms of attacking stats. I mean, like all three of Mane, Salah and Firmino are scoring points at the moment. They seem to be doing it every week and when it comes down to me doing my wildcard next week, I do think that he is going to be one of these players which I'm going to keep, which is going to be a single game week player. I know like Salah's doing the same, but I just continue to see points to them, especially with these fixtures they've got to the end of the season. Okay, I like it. So, so yeah, the uh, I think the, the messages stick there. Okay, well, let's move on to our next question, fairly similar to the last one. So we had one from uh, Joseph Allegretti, which was around Firmino keep on form. I think we've answered that. John L. Thompson, thoughts on rotation in the Premier League for Liverpool and Arsenal? Should we include Mickey Monreal, Firmino and Robertson on our wild cards? I think we've partially answered that. Pete, have you got any other views on that that we haven't said? Not really. Yeah. I think the rotate the rotation issue is I suppose it is going to be a forefront of mind. I mean Klopp is one who's known to rotate players anyway. Uh, I don't think he's going to rotate his front three particularly. Because, I mean, it, it really depends, I suppose, on what Chelsea do as well. If Chelsea really start kicking into gear and start putting a lot of pressure on that fourth spot, teams like Tottenham and Liverpool are, are really going to have to you know, keep going and keep trying. But, again, the other point I made earlier as well is that Liverpool and Arsenal and Man City can't just phone in the Premier League now. Like, they can't just sack it off and then just concentrate on Europe because those players still need to be you know, keeping up that momentum. They're playing great football. You wouldn't you wouldn't just go and send them on the beach for two weeks and yeah. say, go on, have a chill out and come back refreshed. You, you want to keep them going. And so I think rotation is, is potentially a risk, but I don't think it's maybe the risk we we necessarily think it might be at this point. I think when it gets to like game week 30, 38 and 37 as well, yeah, that might, that might be a bit more of an issue, uh, especially if one of those teams gets to a final. But for, uh, certainly up to probably game week 35, 36. I think we're pretty safe from rotation, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, Hazefa Hussain has asked this very simple question. Uh, I think I know the answer to this. Lukaku or not? I think we were fairly unanimous earlier in feeling that he looks very good for the uh, the rest of the season. Either of you disagree with that? Yeah, I suppose that he's one of these players from the United team which have got good fixtures to the end of the season, which seems to be nailed on each week. I mean, if you're going for the likes of Rashford, you never know where he's going to start or not. And obviously he got two goals the other week, but whether or not he's going to actually play, his minutes are just terrible each week. So Lukaku's the, the nailed on striker there. And I don't think that... Jose is going to muck around too much this season in his strikers because obviously he's got a point to prove now because everyone's on his back. And if you look at Lukaku's minutes, if you just look at his FPL stats on, on the FPL Fantasy League page, it, it just shows that it's 90, 90, 90 nearly all the time. It's very rare that he gets taken off. So I do think that he is their, their focal point for the rest of the season and they are going to create chances. I know people tell everyone that they're a dull team, but he seems to be a little bit more back in form recently with three in his last five. And he's also got two assists in that as well. So yeah, he's, he is getting attacking returns and the fixtures are pretty good. I think that, yeah, he, he is a good shout until the end of the season. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think even when he hasn't scored in the league, he's still been doing it in uh, in the Champions League and other competitions. And I think he'll, he'll surpass 35, maybe even 40 goals by the end of the season, all competitions factored in. So I think he's a really good shout. 
Um, so we've got uh, a question from the girl folder here. Um, wild carding this week, I have all my chips. When should I play them? Now, again, we, we've discussed this a little bit, um, but they've got all their chips. They've got their triple captain. They've got their wild card. They've got their free hit still. Pete, if you're in this position, how would you feel about that? Uh, I am in that position, actually. Um, so, I mean, we, we've talked about whether you get yeah, wild card in 32 or 33, and that's, I suppose that's really come down to personal preference at that point my opinions are and what i'm going to be doing i'm bench boosting in 34 that is there's two reasons for that number one you get more double game weeks there so if you want to put out 15 players or who all have double games you've got more choice there's more players to choose from the second thing is it's closer to your wild card so you're less susceptible to injuries and players falling out of form and being dropped etc 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 whereas game week 37 that wouldn't necessarily be true you've got fewer games uh, and it's further away from the wild card for me the free hit in game week 35 makes sense because if you're loading up on double game week players from brighton chelsea leicester man united southampton tottenham they're not going to be playing in 35 so the free hit just mitigates that straight away uh and then in 37, it's probably a good time to start looking at the uh, the triple captainship. Ideally, probably Harry Kane um, away at West Brom and away at Brighton. So I think he's definitely got, got some points there. And we all know what he did in the game week 37, double game week last season, when he scored something like seven goals or something ridiculous. There are other options there as well. Yeah, we just mentioned Lukaku uh, away at Brighton and away at Bournemouth. I think he's definitely got a couple of goals in him uh, in those games. Even someone like Riyad Mahrez, who's going up against West Ham and Southampton, both at home. There's there's a lot of good options there, I think, for, for triple caps in 37. So that's probably how I would distribute the chips at this point. I think wild cards, 32 or 33. Bench boost in 34, free hit 35, triple caps in 37. Uh, I don't think that's any massive revelation. I think a lot of people are doing that. But I, I've, I've looked at several different possibilities and different variations on it, and I can't see anything better than that, to be honest. Yeah, right. I, I totally agree. It's, it's exactly what I'm doing. But there, there is an argument for other methods in terms of free hitting before double game week 34 and then playing your wild card maybe in game week 36, then completely maximising those game week 37. But I just think that a lot of teams by then maybe will be dropped out. If we kind of go through the teams which we think might not be up for grabs by that point, then it kind of may give people a better view on which teams to actually go for I mean like if you're looking at the table now I don't think the top six I don't think that any of them will actually give up other than maybe Chelsea because their heads are down but if we're going through the teams which maybe might drop off a little bit more in terms of maybe Burnley Everton Watford and and Bournemouth they might drop off towards the end of the season if they're safe whereas if you're looking at nearly all the other teams towards the lower end then they're all scrapping relegation so they may be good options if you know there's anyone from their team to pick I mean like you're never gonna pick anyone from West Brom but if we again go back to the to the teams which are playing two double game weeks Chelsea Spurs Southampton Leicester United and Brighton so that could be a viable option to to use that free hit for the double game week 34 and then maximize on your players in that double game week 37 yeah I mean it's yeah, you're right. It's definitely an option. It, it depends what your what your baseline is. Though. It depends what you're starting with. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people are going to have players in game weeks 32, 33, 34 who were also present in game week 31. So it's a question of whether you still want those those players in there. I think 
I mean, arguably, Bournemouth, I think you could probably hold on to for a while, although they've got Liverpool in 34. Huddersfield, I mean, yeah, the fixtures are fine. Newcastle, Brighton, Watford. But this is a team who didn't score in two games against a 10-man Swansea and uh, Crystal Palace as well. So I, I had I had double you know, Huddersfield forwards and you know, neither of them did anything for me. So I'd, I'd want to get rid of them as quickly as I can. Crystal Palace, someone like Wilfred Zaha is is definitely an option if you had him. He might be worth keeping, but he's going up against Liverpool. And the Everton boys are going up against uh, Man City and Liverpool in that time as well. So it's, like I say, it, it depends It depends on what you're starting with. Uh, it depends on the structure of your team. Uh, it depends on, again, how many chips you've got left. Uh, like I said earlier, just t- take a look at fixtures and, and just come up with sort of several different permutations to try yeah, you know, try and you know, navigate a route through and find the one that works best for you. But yeah, don't 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 just go with uh, don't go with chaos, and also don't just do what everyone else is telling you to do either. You know, yeah. re- really, really have to think about it, yeah. and yeah, you know, try try and find the thing that works for you best. I know you've looked at some Southampton players. What are your thoughts on them? They've got Swansea and Leicester to be rescheduled for their double game weeks. Um, so I know you've maybe looked at into some of their players. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, um, I'm semi-optimistic about them, to be honest with you. I, I don't know whether it will happen or not, but arguably there's going to be a bit of a new manager bounce in there. They've got Hughes in uh, now. That always, no, I know that always happens whenever a new manager comes in. There's always a new manager bounce. So it, it do, is to show that there could be one here at Southampton. <laughs> I, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily always happen. I mean, look at Pardew. Yeah, Pardew at uh, West Brom. Yeah, <laughs> categorically did not happen. But I think the, the difference with Southampton compared to. I mean, let's take Swansea as a, a counterpoint there. Yeah, you know, Swansea. They got in Carvajal, and he knew. He worked out what they were good at. You know, they're not going to light the world on fire. They don't have the best players, but he made them solid, and he's made them. Uh, dependable, and they go on a really, really good run. I mean, they're way up there in the form table at the moment. From an FPL perspective, though, there aren't really many game changers in there, uh, or players who are explosive who can you know, do a lot, really. Whereas Mark Hughes has come into Southampton, and he's got players in there who can be quite dynamic. And Mark Hughes is somebody who's worked and got really got the best out of players like Marco Anatovic and Shakiri and to a lesser extent Bojan as well. So he likes these at- attacking players who can be quite explosive and quite dynamic. So again, I mentioned earlier, right? My rank is it's not spectacular this season at the moment. I'm looking for a couple of differentials, something to try and you know, tip me over the edge. I'm trying to find a sort of diamond in the rough. And if, if I'm being honest, I've brought in uh, Buffal into my team as as mm. that differential as as that punt. Uh, that's and a big that, yeah, punt, but, yeah. I mean that's that's right. It's a massive punt. He's only 0.2 percent owned, but he's 5.7 million. He's a midfielder. He's on free kicks, direct free kicks, uh, and he is the kind of player who, if he gets inspired, I think he's got a point to prove, hasn't he? Really? Yeah, he's got a point to prove. He, you know, he, but I mean, we saw he, he scored that goal earlier in the season where he took it, from, you know, back to his own goal uh, in the middle of his own half and he just turned and he ran the length of the pitch and put it in he's he's that kind of player who can you know, light up a game and he can change the game and I think Hughes is probably going to want to see him in the team and he's going to want to do it and Hughes started with quite an attacking lineup against Wigan so I don't know if he's a diamond but he's definitely something shiny uh, and I've, yeah. I've definitely looked I've definitely looked to him and thought I mean, my alternative in that position, yeah, with, with the budget I had was going to be Good Munson at um, Burnley which I, th- I think is a solid option but 
I, I think all previous form with Southampton goes out the window now. I think, you know, they have been absolutely dire, but there's a new manager in there now. He's got a reasonably solid Premier League record. And again, players like Arnautovic, he got the best out of. And Southampton do have those game changers. So I'm I'm taking the punt. Huh. And bearing in mind, though, I will say that earlier in the season, I took a punt on uh, Baki Yoko at Chelsea. So my punts aren't necessarily oh, one wow. to hang out on. But uh, uh, but then again, last season I did Nias at Hull and he went and scored a few goals for me. So, But you know what? The game's all about fun as well, isn't it, right? You've got, you've got to have a bit of enjoyment in it. And you could play, you could pick 15 safe players, but... You know what? I'm, yeah, I'm going to pick one or two positions and actually have a bit of fun with them, and that's what I'm doing with this one. As as much as I kind of agree with you on that one, I, I disagree as well in terms of saying <laughs> it's not only a punt on a player, but it's a, a punt on a team that need to turn a corner. So, bit of a risky yeah. one, but it could pay off. So, if if it's you're a, going with it, I hope it does. It, it it is a massive risk, and I'm I'm fully aware of that. But you know, it'll be fun trying. So let's give it a shot. Okay, no, well. Um... Yeah, one one for myself, chaps. So, what, what do you think about budget defenders then? What teams? Well, if, if we're looking at the teams which have got the double game weeks, which we're looking at budget defenders, I suppose you're looking at either Brighton with the two double game weeks, Leicester, two double game weeks, and Southampton. Um, I mean, if, if you're also looking at double game week players that have a game in 35, if you haven't got a, a free hit, then Burnley and Newcastle and Swansea, they're all pretty good teams to choose from, maybe even West Ham, but I probably wouldn't go there because they're dire in defence. But I think Burnley could be a good shout. Their double game week is pretty tough. They've got Chelsea in their double game week, but they always have some good cheap options to choose from. And obviously they've got the 11 clean sheets so far this season, so they're doing pretty well in defence and they've always been a very defensive team. But the likes of Loton, I think he's still at 4.4. He'd probably be a good shout. I've, I've still got Dummett playing for Newcastle. Uh, they've got double game week and he's still quite cheap. He is at, he is at, he, he's still at 4.2. So yeah, he could be another budget defender to enable other players. I would take, uh, issue with bringing anyone from Newcastle or Brighton in because that game week 34 Brighton are playing Man City and also in 37 they've got Man United and Tottenham assuming the doubles fall the way we think they're going to and Newcastle have got Arsenal and Tottenham as well so I wouldn't necessarily bring those guys in I think Burnley are definitely a good shout though I think the other the other thing to consider though with budget defenders is we keep talking about like the two double game weeks but you've got to remember you can only play a bench boost in one of those double game weeks so actually by the time let's say you're doing it in 34 by the time game week 37 rolls around those two budget defenders might be on your bench anyway so you probably only need them for one double game week so that that makes you know burnley uh, especially uh, a lot more appealing it makes swansea quite appealing at home to everton southampton in theory i suppose if you're looking at the other you know, from the other angle bournemouth could work if you're looking at it from uh, game week 37 because they've got swansea and man united both at home so yeah a, a cheap defender from there is probably a clean sheet in there against Swansea and then uh, probably not against Man United but if you pick somebody with attacking uh, attacking potential like I know Adam Smith there might be something going on there with some extra points a bit of a risk but I'm, I'm going to throw kind of a bit of a left wing shout out here really I mean like 
Crystal Palace, no one are hoping from them because they, they seem to let in goals nearly every week. But they kept a clean sheet against Huddersfield and they also kept a clean sheet against Burnley. So they've got the potential of keeping clean sheets. They, they've not got any double game weeks, but they do play all the fixtures to the end of the season. They don't have any blanks and all their fixtures don't seem to be that bad. I mean, they've got Liverpool next, but then they've got Bournemouth, Brighton, Watford, Leicester, Stoke and West Brom. So all winnable fixtures. And with uh, Mohamedou Sacco, who's back he's 4.6 big differential to choose from I think that there could be some clean sheets upon the horizon for them I think I'll probably chuck Watford into that as well the game week 34 when everyone else has got the doubles they are they're playing Huddersfield so I, I would guess that's a clean sheet in there which it, it's probably a more of a guarantee a clean sheet than I, I'd rather put it this way I'd rather have a Watford defender playing Huddersfield than a you know Newcastle defender who are playing Arsenal and Tottenham yeah, yeah, fair. Okay, chaps. Well, I think that's all the questions we're going to have time to answer for this week. Um, so bear with us while the Iceman has a little break. Thank you. Right, so uh, welcome back, the Iceman. And um, rather than summing up, we're actually going to sum up by asking Pete to reveal his wild card blueprints. Uh, <laughs> very, very kind of him to do that. So, Pete, <laughs> hand over to you. All right, okay. I should point out that again, we're quite a way away from game week thirty-two yet, so this will probably change by tomorrow evening. By the time this podcast <laughs> comes out, it's it's different. disclaimer. Yeah, quickly. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But okay, so goalkeepers. Uh, I'm working with a budget of uh, 102.5 million just so you're aware of that and I've got all my chips in place so goalkeepers uh, Schmeichel and Fabianski uh, defence Monreal Smallin and I've gone for three sort of cheaper ones despite everything I said earlier about needing to go more bu- yeah, more premium defenders I've still got three budget ones in there uh, I've gone for Jack Stevens at Southampton Tarkowski at Burnley and Chilwell at Leicester to be fair, Chilwell was the very final name on the team sheet and he's pretty much the only person I could afford at that point. So, <laughs> Midfield, Mohamed Salah, David Silva, Riyad Mahrez, uh, Son at Tottenham and uh, Buffal uh, as my uh, delightful punt, which is probably going to backfire, but we'll do it anyway. And up front, uh, Abamyang, uh, Lukaku and Ashley Barnes as well. Uh, Ashley Barnes isn't somebody oh. we've mentioned actually, but I really like the look of him at the moment. So yeah, it is a bit of a punt, Ashley Barnes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I think you know, what's this? I was looking at some stats of his um, earlier. I know he scored in like the last three games, uh, but he's joint third highest for shots on target in those, in those last three games as well. So it's not like he's having one shot and he's getting lucky each time. He's 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 taking shots. So at five point three million as well, I think it's a bargain. So yeah, that's where yeah, I'm going with that. Nice. Uh, I think the, the main concern I've got in that wildcard at the moment is no Chelsea coverage. Um, I'm quite figured out how I'm going to potentially bring in someone like Willian, but it's, um, yeah, you can't have it all, can you? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so a real uh, sort of mixture of big hitters and uh, differentials in that team. Yeah. Uh, let's decide who we're going to captain in this next game week. So, Ice Man, let me come to you first for that. Who's your skipper? <laughs> Mohamed Salah. And Pete. Yeah, Mohamed Salah. And um, I think I will probably be stupid not to do the same. So Salah for me. <laughs> um, 
Iceman, we've just heard what Pete's team's going to be. Um, any any transfers from you you'd like to reveal, or is this just the big uh, Peter Blake stitch-up and you're not going to tell him anything? <laughs> <laughs> it should be, should it? Now, I, I mean, the thing is, I'm wildcarding next game week, unless my team get annihilated during the internationals and I get, uh, will get injury, so then I'll, I'll have to wildcard. Uh, but um, at the moment, I, I've got kind of an opportunity to punt on a player. So I have looked at the, the out of form and not scoring really any FPL points. Alexis Sanchez, uh, he's at home to Swansea. So I could bring in him. I've got 15 million in the bank at the moment. So I could get rid of Walcott and bring in him. I am looking at Aubameyang as well to bring in. Um, maybe. You realize these are just all four. Arsenal or ex Arsenal players. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, I mean, I, I am looking at him as well for a minus four. We, we are at home to Stoke. I see some goals there. So it might be one of those two or even both of them. Like it. Okay. Um, I'm not making any decisions until the end of this international international fixtures because I have been uh, burnt in the past before when I've jumped too early. So I have nothing to offer you there. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Okay. Any uh, Anything in the feedback box, Iceman? Yes, we do have uh, a few in the feedback box. I'm just going to choose one at random. So uh, the one here which I've chosen is from FPL Stato. He's just saying... Always the best guests. So he reckons we always have the best guests on here. Compliment to you, Pete. Uh, if you ever listen well, you to... Wrote, you wrote that before I came on. <laughs> <laughs> you've been on before, so he knows. Uh, yeah, if you've ever enough. ever listened to this podcast, if you've never listened to this podcast, give it a whirl, he says. So thanks, uh, Stato. Cheers for that, Stato. I'm sure we'll be speaking to you again very soon. Um, chaps, that brings us to the end of another Fancy Football Surgery podcast. For those of you Patreon followers, we're going to do another exclusive interview with Peter Blake. And if you're interested in hearing that and the other interviews, you can sign up to our Patreon support account, which I'll tell you about in a moment. But Peter, thank you for joining us once again. Pleasure. Thanks for having us back on. And uh, if people want to get hold of you and ask you questions about all things Wildcard, where can they, where can they get hold of you? Uh, Twitter's probably the best place to find me. So, what's it? Uh, at uh, <laughs> mathsafe underscore FPL. Yeah, you've changed uh, it, so I, you have to remember what I, it is. No, how, how often do you tweet yourself, really? I mean, it's uh, <laughs> not time. very often. Um, but yeah, I also do, um, I haven't updated it for a while, but I also do a uh, uh, blog called Mathematically Safe as well, which is mostly about FPL. So, yeah, feel free to go and give that a read if you want. Nice. Okay. Yeah, great Great to have you on board once again. Looking forward to the uh, the next interview we'll be doing. Um, and so if you would like to follow all things Fancy Football Surgery podcast, you can get us on www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. Find us on Facebook by typing in Fancy Football Surgery. Subscribe on iTunes under Fancy Football Surgery. They give us a rating on there. Uh, listen to us on SoundCloud and we're also on Reddit. So up the pod when we come out. At FF underscore surgery is everything you need to know for Twitter. And that's where we do all of our chatting. Get involved in our community on there. We've got over, I think, over 3,000 followers, is it now, Iceman? Uh, yeah, I think we're almost hitting 4,000 now. So, yeah, doing well on it. Great stuff. So, thank you for support on there, everybody. Fountains of knowledge on there. You can email complaints or concerns or feedback to us direct, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. Please, no spamming. Um, you can join our mini league at uh, 1173-455 and you can support the surgery at patreon.com forward slash fantasy football surgery. Lots of prize draws, giveaways, 
leagues, cups, all sorts going on on there. And also you get access to the exclusive interviews and our Slack channel, depending on the, uh, the rate you sign up to. So all good stuff. Iceman, any final words of glory? <laughs> There's never any glory for me. But I tell you what I do want to quickly announce. I'm just going to announce that the month of May is a very tricky one for us. So the last two game weeks of the season, we're actually going to miss due to one of us being away each of those weeks. So just to let all the Patreon listeners know that we will be providing a few interviews for you to listen to, which we kind of have put together towards the end of each podcast okay yeah um, but we will do our best to predict those last couple of weeks and still try and be as active as possible on social media yes we will so that brings us to the end of another fantasy football surgery podcast thanks for listening good luck in your game weeks <laughs> nice nice pod thanks Pete good a lot yeah. of useful content in there you've done a lot of uh, uh, revisions is that your fourth podcast is it what? what sorry is that your fourth appearance for us I don't know uh, second one this season definitely second one this uh, season you were in the Royal Rumble at the end of last year weren't you yeah you definitely I was, was I won yeah. I won I won the Royal Rumble you did, you did yeah you won the Royal Rumble yeah, <laughs> yeah so let's, Royal lest, Rumble. lest we forget you know uh, yeah, and I, I would, I would have done uh, definitely, definitely did one before that as well. Because I remember I came on and uh, captained Lukaku when he scored four against uh, Bournemouth, which was uh, which was delightful. May have done another one as well. So yeah, pr- probably four, maybe, maybe even five. Is that is that the is that the klaxon for the? Um, I coast, think that coast is. Ascending? You know, I, I, I think because I remember, I'm sure you were on twice last season. You've been on twice this season. And during the Royal Rumble, I think he might have hit five ice man. Yeah, lovely. Do you know what that means? It means a coaster on his way to you. A coaster is on his way to you, sir. You get, you get a. I actually am a lot more excited about this, but yeah, (laughs) no, no, it's great. (laughs) I will uh, coaster. Cool. That's that's really. Thank you. Thank you very much. I will. um, uh, I, I will definitely take photos and tweet about it. No, no doubt about that. Yeah, cool. thank you. Send, send me your address and I'll, I'll send you one. Yeah, we'll do. I'll uh, message you now. I can just picture it afterwards. You were just saying the other day how much you needed somewhere to put your drinks, and uh, now we've answered that problem for you. So. <laughs> let, 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 let me tell you right now, as we're podding, right next to me, there's a water bottle and there's a uh, an empty cup of tea. Neither of them are on a coaster. Unbelievable. So, That's savage. Yeah. savage. We're going to save you a fortune on like furniture. And yeah, I, I, cleaning I, products. I, I, cle- I clearly need two, uh, two, two coasters. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm hey, you're you're now, pushing it now. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> if we carry on like this, I'm going to have to make like some kind of golden coaster to give out for ten. <laughs> Seventh, Alex Costa moving up. Two goals, one schlup. Andrew Ferguson up to sixth. 
Alex Costa moving up two goals, one 